Welcome to another episode of the Illusions and Truth Show with Robert Scheinfeld. Welcome to another opportunity to exchange limiting and restricting lies, illusions, and stories for a direct and consistent experience of truth. In this episode, I would like to continue the discussion that I began in the previous episode, episode six, about the topic of love. Now, it may interest you to know that part of the way I play what I call the teaching game or the coaching game, or as it relates to this show, perhaps the communication game, is that I'm very much in a mode of stream of consciousness. And when I feel inspired to speak on a particular topic, whether it's in a live event or it's in another forum or it's, uh, it's in a show like this or whatever, I feel motivated, I feel inspired to address a particular topic. I don't script it out. I don't plan it in advance. And in many cases, I don't even think about it a lot in advance. It's just when the time comes, I turn on my recording equipment and what comes out comes out. And it generally, I leave it exactly the way it is with some minor editing, if any. And because this is the way that I tend to do these kinds of communication dynamics, I'm very often surprised by what it is that I hear myself saying. And I have a similar experience in many cases, not always. Uh, It depends on the topic and how many times I've I've spoken about it previously or uh, how much time I've spent taking a look at it in various ways. But very often including with the previous episode, uh, the kinds of things that probably got set into motion in your mind listening to it, all of the things that got stimulated, things that might, uh, questions that might have come into your mind, looking back on your past as it relates to love and, and times you've said I love you, times someone else has said I love you, times you wanted somebody else to love you but you didn't feel that they did and you went over these kinds of things in your mind. Similar kinds of things happened for me as a result of that episode and it's been a really interesting passage of time, in this case about a week, where this has been incubating within me. And so In this follow-up episode, in a sense, and I think the odds are that this is a topic that I will continue to discuss in the future, probably not the next episode, but I don't know, uh, is that I wanted to share some additional things that popped into my mind, and then again, I will be pleasantly surprised, so to speak, by whatever else I find coming out since I have not scripted this episode either. The first thing that came into my mind is... There are three kind of primary relationships where we might say that in general and in common, uh, love plays a role, and that would be in what we might call friendship relationships, what we might call family relationships, and what we might call romantic relationships. Whether that involves a marriage or some sort of a commitment or not, uh, just a romantic kind of a relationship. And I, I found myself taking a look at these three dynamics, and I found that the use of the term, in some cases it's possible, we'll explore that together and you'll explore it for yourself. The definitions are different, and the dynamics are different within these three different areas of relationship. So let's look at romantic relationships first. As I looked back on my own experience in romantic relationships, where I was in a relationship, and the relationship was the relationship, and then all of a sudden I felt like saying the words, I love you, to somebody. 
And so I took a look at what was going on inside of me, because love is what I call an inner experience. It's an inner feeling experience. It's not intellectual. It's not logical. It's not a thinking thing. It's obviously a feeling thing. And so something happens inside of us, and then all of a sudden we say, as it relates to romantic, romantic relationships here, uh, I love this person. And then we have the desire to tell them that we love them. And so, again, I, I took a look at that, and I realized that, and let me just backtrack for a minute. After recording the last episode, I actually opened up a few dictionaries, and I looked at uh, some of the common definitions of the word love. Uh, one of them was an intense feeling of deep affection. And the second definition was a deep romantic or sexual attachment to someone. And there are lots of other variations beyond that, and then there are other words that kind of loop around, you know, like uh, affection. You then have to look up, well, what does affection mean? Or you have to look up different kinds of things or whatever. But if you look at an intense feeling of deep affection, that's as reasonable a definition of what so many people call love uh, as any in so many cases. Again, the definition I shared in the previous episode that was shared by Lazarus uh, was perhaps more precise and for me ultimately more supportive in terms of fleshing out this amorphous sort of a topic and concept. But if we take a look at it, and I took a look at my own experience and invite you to take a look at your own experience, I realized that there is this feeling that affection is as, as accurate a word, as good a word, so to speak, as any to describe the feelings that start to build as you are in a romantic relationship with somebody. And it starts out, and it's kind of quiet. It's not real intense. The feeling isn't real strong. Um, Maybe it's, you know, I just don't know about this person. I don't know if I like them. I don't know if I trust them, whatever might be going on. But then you start to have some affection for them, but it's still kind of quiet. And then as you spend more time with each other and other dynamics take place, the, the internal feeling of affection, of liking this person, whatever else you want to attribute to a concept like affection, it starts to grow and it starts to get stronger and it starts to get more intense. And then at some point, reasonably random, my belief is, although if we were able to actually go back and compare These feelings, each time we ultimately said to somebody, I love you, it might be interesting to see whether it was recognizing the same exact level of strength and intensity, recognizing that, and then applying the label, uh, that means I love them, kind of a thing, to it. My guess is that if we could create an analysis like that, it wouldn't be the same level of strength, it wouldn't be the same level of intensity, and it wouldn't build or be created or reach that point over the same kind of a time frame, sometimes quicker, sometimes longer, um, with different storylines attached to what happens spending the time with this other person on the road to that. So we're kind of going about our business, in essence, whether we're conscious of it or not, we're monitoring Uh, the level of affection that we're feeling for this person. And then at some point, again, not scientific, not logical, not analytical, not replicatable kind of a thing, but when it reaches, in some warm and fuzzy way, it reaches a certain level of intensity. Somehow, the decision is made, oh, I've now crossed into love territory. 
And then we decide that we're going to label this feeling that we have for the other person love, whether we express it to them or not. But it's this random, in a sense, kind of a amorphous, unscientific, in a sense, just bear with my language there, decision that this, these feelings of affection have grown enough, they're big enough, they're intense enough, that um, I'm now going to call this love. Because again, we grow up with no clarity on what the term means, except it has something to do with, you know, going beyond liking somebody, you know, very special feelings of affection or whatever is the, the warm and fuzzy generic general kind of a definition. And so in some magical, mysterious kind of decision-making process, the decision is made, okay, this level of feeling of affection is now love, and so I'm now going to start believing that I love them, using those words when I speak to myself, and at some point using the words when I speak to them. Now, because there isn't any, again, scientific, analytical, replicatable clarity on this kind of thing, that's also why it's very easy to all of a sudden fall out of love with somebody, so to speak. Because again, there's this monitoring of these feelings of affection that rose to a certain level where we then labeled it as, I love you, because these feelings are strong and these feelings are intense. And so I've decided in this random decision-making mysterious way to call this love And then, whether we're conscious of it or not, we continue to monitor those kinds of feelings. And when we notice that the feelings that we're having don't have the same strength that they once did, don't have the same kind of intensity that they once did, then in the same kind of a mysterious, doesn't really make a lot of sense, isn't a logical, analytical, scientific, replicatable kind of a thing in a sense, we decide, oh, well... I don't love them anymore. I don't feel that same kind of a level of affection for them. And it's just this monitoring of these feelings that fluctuate. And in truth, fluctuate all the time. Even when we would still say, I love this person, if we were actually monitoring those inner feelings, what we would see is there's fluctuation all the time if we're simply using the standard of in this moment where on a strength and intensity scale are my feelings of affection for this person? So, again, I could probably go on for hours about that, but that's what I kind of noticed when I took a look at the use of I love you and the concept of love as it relates to a romantic relationship. As it relates to family dynamics, it gets much more complicated. And again, I could go for hours on this. If you and I were sitting down over a cup of coffee, we could talk for hours about this. And it's actually quite a rich topic and uh, that's very complicated and complex. But as it relates to family dynamics, it gets much more murky. It's not really monitoring these inner feelings of affection and then through some mysterious decision-making process deciding, okay, now these have reached a certain level of strength and intensity. I'm going to say I love you now to myself about you and at some point to you in in the way that I communicate with you, whether it's verbally or through cards or flowers or gifts or whatever else it is, however else we express it. With family dynamics, it's much more of a, I guess I'd say obligation. It's much more of an expected thing. It's much more of, well, that's just the way it is. You know, you love your family. They're your family. Um, and and that, that goes for kids looking at parents, looking at brothers and sisters. 
there really is no, from my experience, and your experience may be different, there really isn't any monitoring of this inner landscape and, and, and questioning, do I have feelings of affection that have reached a certain level of strength or that have reached a certain level of intensity as it relates to my brother, sister, father, mother, grandparents, uh, whatever, in a sense. Same thing with parents and kids, which I'll get to in a minute. It's more of, again, an expected thing. There's just, there's a conditioning, if you will. There is a, something in the popular consciousness, if you will. There's something that just gets transmitted that, of course, you love your family. They're your family. But it's much more of a, the words are just used almost on autopilot without the monitoring of the inner feelings to, to really see, well, what do I mean by that again? If we're looking at feelings of deep affection, do you really have feelings of deep affection and, and are they the same kind of, in a sense, strength and intensity that you might uh, label I love you for a romantic partner, uh, but when it's applied to family? From my experience, and again, I could be biased and have a unique experience, and everybody's different, and so there would be different dynamics here. But the decision, in a sense, comes out of a different space. It comes out of more of an obligation. It's expected. That's just the way it is perhaps fear of being judged if you were to say that you didn't love your family members. And the same kind of a thing as a parent. Now, it's different from my experience when you are a mother and you give birth to a child. Now, I have not done that, and so I can only guess at the feelings there. But there's a connection there. If we're using deep feelings of affection kind of a thing, there's a strength there. There's a connection there. There's a bond there that is a completely different dynamic, and it isn't a decision in a sense like it would be for a romantic relationship. It isn't a decision like it might be in other dynamics. It's more of a just, it's there. You just, you, the baby comes out, and, and in general, and again, lots of exceptions, but in general, unless something shuts it down, and many things do shut it down in the storyline, unwanted children, so to speak, complications, unwanted pregnancies, you know, all these kinds of things can affect it. But when there isn't some sort of a distortive dynamic in a sense, it's something that the woman just feels, and it's just, it's there. You recognize it's there, and then again, there is something of an arbitrary decision made. Oh, these feelings that I'm feeling for this child are love, but heavily influenced by the fact that a mother's supposed to love their children. They're supposed to be this bond. They're supposed to be these feelings of love automatically because they're in your womb and, and all this kind of stuff. And it's expected that parents are going to love their children, like it's expected that children are going to love their siblings and children are going to love their parents. It's different for a man. For a man, it's much more of a dynamic of the romantic relationship kind of a thing, where it isn't necessarily there automatically, although it can be, but it's a question of monitoring those inner feelings and noticing when the strength and the intensity reaches a certain kind of a level. And then, if you're honest in a sense, you could say, I now have feelings of love for this child. And it could be automatic um, in certain kinds of things. Again, much different from the bond between mothers and children from my experience, although, again, it can be exceptions to anything. But again, there's so much in the storyline. There's so much in popular culture. There's so much that's passed down through so many ways and that's programmed into us, conditioned into us, so to speak, growing up, that, of course, you're going to love your children, you know, even if they're pains in the ass, even if they're difficult, even if they don't like you, even if they're rebellious, even if all these, you just, you love your kids, that's just it. 
And it, you, if we were honest, it, it, it almost might be translated into along the lines of the terms we're using here. Even if you don't really feel internal feelings of affection that might be of a strength and intensity that you'd call love in the way that we've been talking about it here. It's like, well, you still love your children because parents just love their children. And there's the implication that there's something wrong with you if you don't, and these kinds of things. And again, broad strokes on a very complicated topic with many, many exceptions. But these are some of the things that came into my awareness as I was taking a look at it. And again, it's actually quite fascinating, including, as I mentioned in the last episode, when we are in relationships with others, we don't feel that they love us. We don't have that kind of a definition. But what we would probably say is, when I am with them, in my own internal feeling landscape, I am not feeling as if they are feeling intense feelings of affection for me kind of a thing, which is not something that you can know being on the outside. It's just, again, it's, it's something of a mind game. It's something of a story. Uh, a lie, an illusion, a story kind of a thing. Now, when it comes to friendship, it, it appears in the way that I took a look at this that, that it's yet a different dynamic. It may be similar to a romantic dynamic, except, for lack of a better term, it's a much slower burn, and meaning the development of these deep feelings of affection tend to, and again, plenty of exceptions that I'm sure you've experienced and, and other people have too, where, but in general, as I have experienced it, it's a slower burn. The feelings of deep affection build more slowly and perhaps don't build to such, to such a level of strength and intensity as when we romantically say that we love somebody in that kind of a relationship, it's a little bit tamer, it's a little bit quieter, it's a different way of expressing, and it's a different feeling of affection, perhaps, just for lack of a better term, not quite as strong, not quite as intense, but it is still deep feelings of affection in a sense, and so we, again, through some mysterious decision-making process with friendships, in some cases, not all, there are many friendships that I have had where I would never use the word love to describe the way I feel about them. And then there are other friendships where I might use that term again. It would depend on the chosen definition of the term, which, again, most of us are not clear about and throw it around with the kind of vagueness and not understanding what we really mean by it in our own unique situations like I talked about in the previous episode. So as I paid attention and immersed myself in these kinds of insights that I know noticed flowing through my mind, I thought to myself, wow, isn't this interesting? The decision to use the words is somewhat arbitrary in each case. There isn't any, again, scientific, logical standard, so to speak, kind of a thing that is consistent. It's some weird, mysterious undefined, amorphous, shapeless decision-making process that, oh, these feelings that I'm having have reached, again, a certain level of strength and intensity is the best way that I could express it. When it's, it's a genuine kind of a thing where it's just purely paying attention to our feeling states and saying, okay, now through this mysterious decision-making process, I want to use the word I love you to describe these feelings. And I found it quite interesting, although it makes perfect sense, that it's a similar kind of a thing with friendship. But again, a slower burn 
in general, not quite as strong, not quite as intense, but a similar kind of feeling, a similar kind of mysterious decision-making process that isn't, uh, you know, isn't grounded, isn't consistent, isn't scientific, isn't uh, replicatable, whatever you want to call it. And then looking at the family relationships, kids to siblings, kids upward, so to speak, to parents, and parents downward to kids, it was really quite fascinating to take a look at this and realize how much uh, peer pressure, in a sense, societal pressure, uh, not wanting to be judged by oneself or by others. And so simply saying to kids from a very young age, I love you, whether you're really feeling it, whether you really have any sense of what you mean in that unique case with it as a parent, um, and, and the same thing as it relates to siblings, if you're the child, as it relates to feelings of the parent, it's just kind of like, well, again, of course, kids love their parents no matter what, you know, even if some other part of them hates it, hates them or doesn't like being with them or they're always at each other's throats. Well, you still love each other because that's what happens with families and how shaky and flimsy uh, the foundations are in the family kind of a dynamic, or at least can be. And then certainly there are other dynamics as it relates to family where it's the same kind of a thing as friendship and it's the same kind of a thing as romance where there is, in fact, a monitoring of the inner feeling state. There is a growth, whether it's a slow burn or it's a faster burn, of the feelings of affection, the strength of them and the intensity of them reaching a certain point where it's more of an accurate, more of a thoughtful, more of a truthful, so to speak, expression of feelings for other family members versus the obligatory kind of a dynamic. So that closes this particular episode, a continual exploration of love and what it means and how it impacts our experience. And we'll see where this goes in terms of future discussions. But this closes this particular wave of discussions of the topic of love from different perspectives. If you're serious about busting loose from everything that has been limiting and restricting you and opening into a direct experience of truth with a capital T and who you really are, I have a gift that I'd like to offer you. It's an online experience that I call Journey to the Infinite that was taken from a live event that I did. People paid $900 to attend the live event, and many, many others paid as much as $400 for the online or shippable course. But now it's available, free of charge, as my gift to you and to the world. To get all the details and get immediate access to the Journey to the Infinite experience, visit my site, robertscheinfeld.com forward slash infinite, robertscheinfeld.com forward slash infinite. That completes another episode of the Illusions and Truth Show with Robert Scheinfeld. 